0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: That's right. Suns up. Guns in the words of Brandon Down. I was going to say suns up. Guns up. It's Texas Tech Week. Why? It's your boy, Jeremy Nicholas Phoenix. I'm here with my brother. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate pit. And we're about to drop five answers for these five questions. Get us, Jay. Welcome back, RVK Nation, to another edition of I Got Five On It with the Raspy Voice Kids. I'm your host, Jordan Curry, and let's get things kicked off with the first blank. The win against Baylor was blank. Important.
1: If West Virginia wants a chance at a bowl game, which to me is the floor for this season, The absolute floor, not necessarily even acceptable, but definitely the floor for acceptability. It was important to get a win over a struggling Baylor team. And they got it. So kudos to Neil Brown.
2: You said important. I was going to say essential. But since you said, said important, I'll go with the other side of things. That game was fun. It was so much fun. To watch our team battle back didn't look great in the beginning. 17-7, to coming back, making plays, uh, blocking field goals, returning for touchdowns, getting seven points on defense, uh, coming up with late stops and scoring late to win the game. Man, fun, old-school shootout, a lot of fun. Number two, C.J. Donaldson coming back means blank. Power. The run
1: game was really good last week against Baylor, but now we've got power added to that shiftiness, to that speed that Mathis and Johnson have in the backfield. CJ
2: Donaldson gives you power. Yeah, I kind of went along the same wi- uh, lines. What it is, is now it's a real monster. What I mean is, people love to say, oh, these three guys, this is a three headed monster. Oh, two headed monster. Yeah. A lot of times, that just means you have a couple running backs. Sometimes they're really good, but I've heard it misused with our program plenty of times because there's a lot of times I didn't see no monsters. Just I saw three running backs on the field for West Virginia. That was a while ago because last year we were just using Letty. Now, with the way the offensive line's playing, with the way Mathis and Johnson, uh, uh, and now C.J. Donaldson coming back, That's a real monster. It really is. It truly is a three-headed monster right now. At least two. Number three, Charles Woods being able to play in a limited role is blank.
1: Interesting. I say interesting because those ankle injuries take a long time to heal. And while it's been several weeks, I don't know where he is. The surgery that he had surely helps. But I don't know where Charles Woods is. The fact that he's not going to play many snaps tells me he's not 100%. Tells me he's not in game shape. Tells me I don't know that the coaches know what to expect out of him. But I know Charles Woods is ready to be back. I know because he keeps posting on his Instagram, he's ready to be let off the leash. So, it's interesting.
2: Yeah, I'll say inconsequential. I, I Honestly, like, if you're in a limited role at defensive back, that's how nervous they are to put you in. Um If he really only plays a handful of snaps, how much of an impact is it going to have on the overall game? I don't know. Maybe you put him in on third and short or maybe you put him in on, you know, these big drives or late in the game. Maybe I just I've never seen it happen or transpire that way. I mean, I've seen I've seen other players, actually mostly NBA players where they play limited roles or limited snaps. Uh, I guess there's a few running backs coming back from injury in the NFL. Um, I should know the Ravens running back. uh, What's his name from Ohio State? Dobson. Uh, They they kept him on a snap count, didn't play a whole, whole lot. So I've seen that before. But a defensive back? So I'll go inconsequential because I just don't know what it looks like. And I don't know how much of an impact it's really going to have, especially when there's so many holes in the secondary. (laughs) Number four. West Virginia is picked to finish ninth in the Big 12 in basketball. I think blank. I think
1: no one knows. This is a hodgepodge team made of mismatched pieces that we don't really know. We haven't seen them play, save for the Golden blue game, and even most of us didn't see that because it wasn't televised. Very few were there in attendance to actually see them play. Lots of turnovers, not great shooting. What is there to expect? Who knows? So I don't know. I don't know if they're better than ninth, but I'm glad they weren't picked to finish 10th as long as they don't actually finish 10th like they did last year.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that's about right. Now you're probably saying, Jeremy, how do you know? I don't know. But what I do know is every time we've been picked to finish uh, uh, last or pretty close to last in football and basketball over the last few years, you know what happens? It happens. Yeah, when you look at Vegas, oh, Vegas only has us at four, five, or six wins this year. And everybody gets mad before the season in football. Guess what happened last year? Uh, this year, they picked us to finish near the bottom. Granted, we can change that. We're 3-3, three and three, but it, right right now, when we were 2-4, and four, it looked like we're headed exactly where they said we were going and where we were so upset when we heard it. So now, they say we're going to finish ninth? Better believe I'm taking the ninth. <laughs> Number five, we will blank
1: against Texas Tech. Neil Brown is 0-3 against Texas Tech. They fired a coach that had beaten Neil Brown three times at Texas Tech. Texas Tech is favored by four. The game is in Lubbock. But, Jeremy, I got a feeling we win this game. Texas Tech has a prolific passing offense. We have a terrible passing defense. But I feel like we win this game. My bet, my belief, Is
2: that we win. Yeah. Told y'all before. I showed y'all before. Don't be asking me win or lose. I told you. Until we play Iowa State, I'm giving L's. We lose this game. Now, when we go in, we'll talk about the score of it. How high or low is it going to be? Whether it'll be exciting. That's all different questions. But ultimately, in the end, I think we lose. Well, that's it. Five questions. We give you our five answers. But next segment, be prepared because we're going in. RASPY
0: VOICE!
2: More than
1: 100 schools available from Home Field Apparel. If you like comfortable clothes, check them out. They are a partner with the RASPY VOICE Kids and the 1012 Network. Use our code RASPY12, R-A-S-P-Y-12, for a discount on your first order. 15%. Go get it. Tell them we sent you.
2: Boom. Bosco's Boys is here. I think we all wanted it. And the marriage is officially official. I'm so pumped to bring my show to the 1012 network, Bosco's Boys, the most consistent K-State podcast out there over four years with at least one episode a week. Bringing live shows to the listeners and to the participants every Wednesday at 7 p.m. I'm pumped to be here and I would love it if you guys came over to Bosco's Boys and gave us a listen. Because we are not Big J Jernos. This is a podcast by a fan and his dog for fellow K-State and Big 12 fans. And I can't wait to chop it up with all the members and fans of the 1012 Network. Rack me, boys!
0: I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm going
2: And I'm a go-hard, and I'm a go-hard. That's right. We're going in. It's Jeremy Nicholas Phoenix. I'm here with my brother, I Also Hate Pit. And we're about to talk about the Texas Tech game because it is Texas Tech week. But before we get into all things college football, all things NFL, West Virginia, everything, Brandon, let's talk about Joe Mazzula. The debut Boston Celtics head coach. They get the dub, man. Were you watching?
1: No, I didn't watch the game. I did watch his post-game speech in the locker room, and the thing I can say is he looks like he belongs. They beat the Sixers, and he sounds like he belongs. The players gave him a shower afterwards, dump you know, not a Gatorade bath, but dumping water bottles on him. They look like they believe in him, and it's just a meteoric rise for a guy who was at Fairmont State three years ago to being the head coach of the Boston Celtics, the historic, the legendary, the winningest team in the NBA, Boston Celtics, I believe um it's just crazy it's crazy and for him to be a Mountaineer is even better so congratulations to, to Joe Mazula.
2: there's certain guys that you look at on the side of the court that you think man he would be a good coach now I have no way of truly knowing that whether they have the head for it but it seemed like you look at him at West Virginia the way he took everything's in the way he led um this is not this is surprising the meteoric rise that's surprising but if you'd have told me here in you know 10 years, he'd have slowly worked his way up. Now, head coach of the Boston Celtics, I'd have never guessed that. But being a Division I coach or a big-time coach that's on TV coaching a good team, I'd have understood. This is insane, though. The Celtics, this early, immediately becoming the youngest coach in the NBA? Love it, man. And like you said, you could tell that his players love him. It seems like a great hire. Um, I hope there's no Boston fans that are listening because unfortunately West Virginia is about to steal their head coach here in a couple of years. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. If we would, we could. I wish we could, but there's no way. But you know, hats off to him, and uh, hopefully he gets it done. Oh, another thing is about about uh, Missoula though. I feel like. There should be a video. like They should be show the video of him playing in the NCAA tournament where he can only play with one arm. Remember he was shooting free throws with one hand, his offhand? Yeah. Yeah. His toughness, his bulldog toughness. Those moments were incredible. Incredible. And I feel like now that he's a coach, every game, they should lead off with, with a Joe Mazzulla, how tough he is, highlight. Somebody get him the tape. Somebody get the NBA the tape so they can just run that on replay. Yeah, I love it. But here we are, Brandon. Big win against Baylor. Was everything perfect? No. Did we get Not the even win? Close. Yes. Reflecting on the win, do you have more to say now after the instant reaction about the Baylor uh, game? Uh, the only thing I have to say is I was really interested. I found it
1: interesting that Jordan Leslie said in his press conference that he doesn't care about the points scored or yards given up. And. Normally, like, the dude of West Virginia doesn't get much run from me, but um, the dude of West Virginia even said on Twitter, then what does he care about? <laughs> if Jordan Leslie doesn't care about points scored and yards given up, what do you care about as the defensive coordinator? And I know that he cares about havoc. Jake Lance wrote for the Smoking Musket article, for a Smoking Musket article this week, about havoc rate. And that's where you create, you disrupt the play. You make them go off of what their initial plans are for the play by disruption. Like, you just change what they're trying to do. And West Virginia wants to do that at least 20% of the time with sacks, tackles for loss, interceptions, you know, turnovers, that kind of thing. And West Virginia has, is under that rate for the year, but they were at 30%, I think, for Virginia Tech, 20% or 30% for, anyway,
2: it, we're at that mark for Baylor. We're at that mark for Virginia Tech. Are we looking at the wrong thing, though, Brandon? Okay, Virginia Tech, boom, got it. Havoc rate clearly doesn't mean a thing when you give up 40 points. Have I'm great sorry. Ma- I, I don't want to be old school, but I'll believe what my eyes tell me. I don't care how much havoc you're creating if you give up 40 points. I don't care about how many points you give up
1: as long as you make sure your team gives up less points than your team scored. You have to yeah, remember I, uh, no, they, they didn't oh, give no, up overall. They didn't give up forty points, Jeremy. They didn't give up forty. P- oh yeah, they did. You're right. Sorry, my bad. They gave my up bad.
2: every bit of forty points. Now, now, as a fan, yeah, all I care is about our offense scores more than their their offense. All I care about is winning. But when you have um one job as defensive coordinator, I understand you live and die with the team wins. But you're the defensive coordinator. You are not the offensive coordinator. So when you look at the end of the game, you give up forty points and I don't know, if, know how many yards um, on some pretty quick throws and quick touchdowns, yeah, no, publicly, that's fine. You can say whatever you want publicly. But behind closed doors, th- this, that's not okay. That's not okay. Well, I, I think, I else think part of what he's praying. saying is we scored nine points on defense. Oh, that, all right, that's cool. So that's like a net of 31 points you gave up. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, I get it, but you're still – uh, 31 points, okay. But I'm just saying, when you give up the amount of points that you did, it's really hard to say, I don't care about points and yards.
1: Yeah, um, and especially and I, when you gave up a ton of points to Texas. You gave up 38 to Texas. And my thing is – my thing is,
2: it, well, I, you know, no, I no, don't sorry.
1: care about yards. I don't care about conversion rates. I don't care about yards per pl- – I don't care about any – the only thing I care about, the only thing I care about is points. That's all that matters. How many points it's, are you giving up? And is it less than
2: what your offense is putting up? So that's where I am with this. No, well, and here's another thing. I've heard, you know, people talk about the opportunistic defense. I've heard people talking um, talking about their analysis of the game and, you know, the defense came, came to play and they were able to cause this and create that and opportunistic defense. Brandon, do you know, and I, and I said that too, I said they're an opportunistic defense. Do you know when people use the word opportunistic defense? When your defense stinks, when your defense stinks. <laughs> so obvious, no, no, nobody said about the Ravens. Oh, they're an opportunistic defense. Now they will say if you leave the ball out there, they're gonna take it, to, uh, take it to the house. But no, they said this defense is a steel curtain. This is a no. What, what? The Seattle, the the Legion of Boom, another secondary, the no fly zone. Uh, no, when you have good defense, you don't. <laughs> opportunistic defense is for stink defenses with great offenses. Yeah. Now, I get what he's saying, though. Like, the havoc rate is great
1: if you can do the other thing. If you can't do the other things, you have to cause havoc because that's your only chance. That's your only chance is to get turnover, is to disrupt plays. Because if you just play straight up, you're going to get beat. And that's what's been happening. But that's really all I have to say. I, I was happy about the win. I was glad we found a way to win. It's a nice change of pace from finding ways to lose. But it doesn't no, bode absolutely. well for the rest of the season because Baylor's not that good, in my opinion. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think they're And especially when you add in
1: that Blake Shapin got hurt in the first half after throwing for 300 yards against us in the first half. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So a backup comes in, still does well against us, but not as well as Blake Shapin probably would have done. And people who are saying that wasn't targeting, that was 100% textbook
2: definition of targeting do you not agree no i agree i agree 100 percent i was looking at my notes i thought you were gonna go for a little bit longer so i was just gonna let you go but yeah no, no it, it really that's, was. I mean,
1: that's that's i mean I, that's all i'm saying like i'm not mad about the play because i do feel like it was kind of a bang bang play but like by definition by rule that was targeting like that is what the rule is there for and they're gonna call that every time and when they review it they're going to throw the player out because that's what he deserves so that's just the way it is. You move on, you live, you learn, and hopefully we play better next time. And I, and by the way, people who are calling for Jordan Leslie's head, I disagree with them. I don't Me feel too. like Jordan Leslie's a bad defensive coordinator. I feel like the cupboard is bare. Now you can argue about whether or not it's his fault the cupboard is bare, right? Like you can argue about whether or not it's his fault we lost so many defensive backs and why we lost so much talent. Because it it's but in my estimation, it's Neil Brown's job primarily to. To to recruit and retain talent on this football team, and we didn't do that. When you don't do that, I said this back in 2012. When our defense was bad, Joe Defore stinks. Yes, I agree. But when you're small and slow, you're never going to be good at defense. You're not going to be good at anything if you're small and slow, right? Yeah, and that's our problem in the secondary, especially. We're small, we're slow, so we're nowhere around ever. Hopefully we so get better, but I don't think it's going to get much better. Charles Woods will help that, but only, you know,
2: slightly because he's not going to play that much. So that's what it was for Baylor. What about Texas Tech, Brandon? What do you, What are you seeing with this Texas Tech team? Because all I see, look, to set this game up, there, There's somebody. it should be an ad a commercial. Somebody just look at the camera. Hey, do, did you like the 10 years ago Big 12? Do you like fireworks? Do you like scores every play? Brandon, that's what it's about to be Saturday. I don't care. I know there's some people saying, oh, defense will bounce back. I don't know. If you are a fan of the old school Big 12, if you are a fan of watching the NBA All-Star Game or the NFL Pro Bowl, this is the game for you because there will be no defense.
1: Yeah, like Texas Tech doesn't run the ball very well, but they sling it. And Baron Morton is probably going to get the start. We're not sure yet, but they have three capable quarterbacks, a backup that beat Texas. So they have capable quarterbacks over there. So, you know, there's really nothing to get excited about regardless of who's playing under the, under. Well, in the shotgun. They're going to sling the ball. And slinging the ball is terrible for us because we have a terrible secondary. Charles Woods or bo- not.
2: Both these teams give up around 30 points a game. West Virginia is averaging 30. Texas Tech is averaging, I think, around 29.7. 29.8, eight, I think. Rounds up to 30. Both these defenses give up 30 points a game. I'm going to tell you the total yardage for uh, Texas Tech in the six games they had. Against Houston, they had 468 yards. Against Murray State, they had 605 yards. NC State, which is a good defense, they did only have 353 total yards. Texas, 479. Kansas State four seventy three Oklahoma State, which is we all thought was a good defense, five hundred and twenty seven total yards. Texas Tech is going to put up points. The question is, can we outshoot them? Bring your musket. They're going to bring their six 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 cylinder shooters. Can we outshoot them? It's going to be the, a good old fashioned shootout.
1: Are the six cylinder shooter bringing an engine to the game.
2: I don't know six cylinder. I don't know whatever you know the I don't know I don't six know shooter six shooter okay <laughs> <laughs> six cylinder. Anyways, shooter. you get my point. It's gonna be a good old fashioned shootout. Get ready. It's gonna be fun. Let's just hope that we come out on top like we did against Baylor a few years ago when we won seventy to sixty three. Because it's gonna be I'm sorry. Take the points over all day. Ah uh, yeah. I. What do you think? Well, you got a score prediction? ooh uh I didn't get there yet but I will go I will go 4944
1: I was gonna Texas say 4442 West Virginia wins and you're saying 4942 West Virginia
2: loses I said 4944 sorry 40, sorry 49-44. 49 45 4945 Texas Tech so you're saying you're saying we cover I guess I guess we're I both do say saying we cover. that because I'm saying we're gonna win yeah, it's going to be an old-school shootout. The The only thing, the big thing for West Virginia is we have to take away the ball. Once again, Texas Tech, I'm going to go through the six games they played this year. They had three turnovers against Houston, only one against Murray State. They had four turnovers against NC State. The only game where they didn't have a turnover was Texas, but then again, they had four more turnovers against Kansas State and one turnover against Oklahoma State. So they've had three games with at least three turnovers in them this year, they turn the ball over. Their starting quarterback, uh, Donovan Smith, has thrown seven interceptions himself. They're going to give us opportunity to be that "quote unquote" opportunistic defense.
1: But Excuse I don't, me. I don't think
2: Smith is going to start. I think it's going to be Baron Morton. Okay, but either way, they 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 have a. Uh, It's in their DNA to turn the ball over. We have to take advantage of it, especially if this game's going to be shootout. Like I think every extra possession, every stop you can get on their offense is going to be big. Yeah, I agree. The one thing is outside. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I just, I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like we have a shot. Yeah. Brandon. here's the thing. Outside looking in, you look at Texas Tech. Oh, they're three and three. You look a little deeper, Brandon. First of all, they've played fi- team five, I would say ranked teams, but they were ranked. Houston is no longer. Doesn't count. Quit okay. counting well, teams that were ranked. I, I, I've I, watched I knew, I knew. I knew you were going to say that, but I was just saying for the record. Uh, and second of all, I honestly do believe there's a difference between it's before a team loses, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. And then once they realize they stink, giving up. Early on in the year, everybody plays a little harder, a little tougher because they still have hope. You know what I mean? I guess, but I mean, maybe sometimes, but Texas I watched Tech, you. Texas Tech is three and three. One of Texas Tech's wins was against Texas, right? Without and Quinn then Ewell's. three of their losses. Th- these are his three law. Lo- their three losses. They lost by thirteen points at North Carolina State. They lost by nine points at Kansas State, and they lost by ten points at Oklahoma State. Those are three solid losses. Three yeah. good teams. I'm not saying these teams are amazing. Three solidly good teams. Didn't all get right. blown out. And all on the road. Yeah. So when you look at Texas Tech, and you think three and three. Don't forget they beat Texas. And all three of their losses are, if you want to say it, I know there's no such thing, but semi-quality losses. This is going to be, um, <clears throat> like I said, I, I just can't pick us to win. It's going to be a shootout. And it's which defense wants to show up and make a stop, make a play, make a turnover. I think that those are going to be the big keys of this game. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. You're right. Joey mcguire has got that team playing pretty well. I mean, they're three and three, but like you said, it's misleading. They're they're better three and three than our three and three. Do
2: you need me to tell you something else? That's misleading. What? So I, I know I hate to jump off Texas Tech, but real quick, I was looking at the top uh defenses in the country. I'm gonna read you a list uh by yards, yards per game, the top defenses in the country. Oh yeah, I, Actually, I think I know where you're going. I'm gonna let you guess. Do you know what conference leads most of most, most teams in the top 10 for defense? Top 15? What conference leads best defenses in the country in the top most teams in the top 15 in the country, is the big 12. Absolutely not. Who is it? Number oh, the one, Ten. the number one ranked the Big Ten, the Big Ten, the number one, <laughs> the number one ranked defense in the country is Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Number three ranked defense in the country is Iowa. Illinois. Oh. Illinois. Number five ranked defense in the country is Michigan. Number seven ranked defense in the country is Ohio State. Number nine ranked defense in the country is Iowa. Number 12 ranked. De- it's all the Big Ten. Number 12, Rutgers has the 12th best defense in the doggone country. <laughs> no, no, it's this is point to the fact that I always say the offenses in the Big Ten are from the Stone Ages. You got Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan that run new offenses. Everything else, ultimate garbage on offense. That's why you have six of the 12 teams in the top 12 uh, for overall defenses. Minnesota and Illinois being the top two of the top three, and Rutgers coming in at number twelve. Stop it! I like I was looking at this list, Brandon, and laughing the whole time I was watching it. Like, come on now,
0: because I hate yeah, it. I, I watch I I'll watch
2: big I watch Big Ten games, Brandon, and they'll be like the number three defense. First, stop it, stop it. You're hyping it up, and you know good doggone well these defenses aren't that good.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know why. As soon as, you, as I don't know why I didn't think about it. As soon as you said, like when you said, I was like, "Dust got to be the big thing because those offenses are rank." Like, the only people who have any offense in the Big Ten are well, the real offenses are Ohio State, and Michigan. That's it. Corn's legit, by the way.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Uh, uh, it's just. Uh, it's the it's just strange. It's to me. balling at Penn State. Oh, he's killing it. He's killing it. One of the top tight ends in the country. I know this. This NCAA is loaded with good, talented uh, tight ends. I don't know. I mean, I know technique. I think he has more. He's a senior, but I think he has more years of eligibility. That's strange. Isn't he junior? Junior?
1: So he's a redshirt sophomore.
2: Is he only a sophomore? He's a red. I'm almost positive he's a redshirt sophomore. Maybe. I just saw his pops in the store the other day, and we were talking, and he told me, yeah, well, he has two more years of eligibility, but he said something about, I don't know. Yeah, he's a but redshirt sophomore. Either way, sophomore, he did say okay. Okay, okay. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me get this right. Um, because I want to make sure we got this right. And that's right. I was talking to this pops because Britain Strange is from Parkersburg, West Virginia. That's right. We let one get away to the Big Ten, to Penn State. And he's you not remember there how long now. Right? Yeah, we wanted him for linebacker.
1: It, well, what we really wanted more than anything was Giovanni Haskins.
2: And we got Javonni Haskins. Yeah. He ended up transferring to Rutgers. And didn't yeah, hear yeah. We, and no we, hair from him after that. No, and we had we had O'Laughlin and then we had Haskins. We had the, so we were already set. They felt like we were set at defensive back. I mean, at tight end. But my thing is, like, like we always go back to get talent where you can get talent, especially on a college roster. Figure all the rest out. And and I don't care it's if you have six. Grown. I don't care if you have six tight ends. If you get somebody who's big time, you take them and you figure out what to do with them. There's enough roster spots in. In college football. He's a redshirt junior. Okay. But still, he's got eligibility. Well, he's doing his thing. He's balling out. He's making West Virginia proud, even though he's up there at College Station. Or not College Station, but uh, Penn State. Yep. Anyway, Brandon, anything more to say about Texas Tech? No, nothing else to say. Shout
1: to them. Glad they have standards and got rid of their coach because he wasn't living up to him, even though he's 3-0 and against West Virginia. But anyway.
2: All right. So let's go to the rundown this week in the NFL. You ready for it? We're going NFL first? You know how first? I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Last week you said we always go NFL first. So did you say that? Or All you right.
1: We'll do NFL first.
2: All right, well, that's why I got pulled up on my screen. So we will go NFL first. Looking down through here, first thing we're just gonna hit on is the th- Thursday night game. Not that anybody cares about it, but it is the first, uh, week, first game of week seven. It's a, excuse me, it's a, it's the Saints and the Cardinals. Uh, I don't think anybody. You may be watching them. I mean, it's Thursday night. Ain't nothing else going on. If you got Amazon Prime, you'll be watching. But yeah, I'm I'll be not watching. super interested. I'm not super. I watch it too, but I'm not super interested in that game. Let's nope. get to Sunday. Make the sure you one got your lineup game. that though. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The most important. Always got to get them lineup set.
1: And by the way, I've the won one... two straight in my fantasy football league.
2: That's right. Big up, big up. I saw that. And because one of them was against me. That's the reason why you played so well, but no big deal. <laughs> Let's get to the one o'clock games, Brandon. What are you looking forward to? One o'clock games Sunday. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's not a lot, to be honest. It's kind of a stink looking
1: week. And by the way. The NFL has been, in my opinion, I was thinking, has been a down product this year. And then I went and saw, somebody said, if you bet the under, if you bet $100 on the under for every game this year, you would be up $1,500 this year for the NFL. Fantasy uh, football scoring is down 22%. Basically, the offenses have stunk. The product is down. For whatever reason, the NFL is not as crisp as it normally is.
2: Brandon, so, everybody is at everybody's at like five hundred. You have the NFC NFC East, which is representing the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles. They are all balling out. You got Minnesota, who only has one loss. You got the Bills who have one loss. And you have the Kansas City Chiefs I'm throwing in there, yes, even though they have two losses. After that, Brandon, everybody else is mediocre. Everybody else is three and three in the entire league, it feels like. Yeah, it's just very mediocre.
1: I mean, so I'll go Ravens Browns only because Lamar Jackson is always must see TV. You
2: gotta watch him. But I mean, is there really anything to watch there? Nick Chubb's fun to watch, but I mean the, the but the only thing is with the Browns. This is why this is interesting with the Browns because if you lose this game and you're the Browns, if I'm the Browns, I don't bring Deshaun. Wild- I may I may bring him back at the very end of the year, but. I'm not trying to win any more games. I'm tanking. We, we, we're two and we, – they would be two and five. We might as well stink. We may might as well not even try. Stink, get a high draft pick, kind of like Golden State did when, when those guys got hurt. Then they got a high draft pick because their team stunk. And now look when everybody came back healthy. The, the reason why, the game, question, this, game, the the reason why this is big is because if, if the Browns can win a few games and actually be fighting for a playoff spot, when Deshaun Watson comes back, they do have the roster to be able to make a push and be, you know, to to go deep into the playoffs. But if you're out of it by the time he gets back, hang it up. So every game matters to them. All
1: right, I was just making sure. But here's the thing, Jeremy. The Browns traded their first and third picks to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. Oh, never mind.
2: I thought so. I thought they traded their picks. So, so the Browns got to be trying to win. They got to try to win. They got to set Deshaun <laughs> Watson up. I'm serious though, because this this is a this is a a, a a breaking point right here. You're two and five. If you lose, season's over. Pretty much, you win, I, and, and and now you're three and four. Especially in that division, that when if Deshaun Watson comes back with that running game, Brandon, it could be nasty. The next thing
1: that's interesting to me, and again, this is not interesting because of the game, but interesting because of the game inside the game, the Bucs and the Panthers. I want to see how the Bucs bounce back from losing to a bad Pittsburgh Steelers team, Brady berating his offensive line, Brady admitting that he's extremely stressed because of his divorce, impending divorce,
2: family struggles. I'm curious about how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, like people want to say, because of what's going on in Brady's world, um, that's the reason why he's he's not performing the way that he... I mean, really, the only game that they really showed up this entire year was the Chiefs. They scored 31 points against the Chiefs. Other than that, Brandon, I think they, they scored 19 against the Cowboys, 20 against the Saints, 12 against Green Bay, 21 against Atlanta, and then last week they go 18. They're really not putting a whole lot of points up on the board all year. So maybe this is having an impact, but this also is the reason why when other people go through things and are able to battle back, um, it's impressive. Now, Tiger Woods was down for a while and it took him a while to get back into it. Granted, he was also physically hurt. But I think if somebody like uh Kobe Bean, when when Kobe Bryant was going through his thing, and his and his um and his the way he performed never dropped off a bit. That's crazy to me. But yeah, still Kobe Bryant's a crazy right? person. Yeah. Or you won, yeah, But still, Tampa Bay, uh, Tom Brady has not looked good at all this year. Tampa Bay hasn't looked spectacular at all. And I'm thoroughly uninterested in this game. Uh, so let's move to the 4:25 game, the four o'clock games. Um, let's see.
1: Geno time, of course. Want to see what he does. Him versus Justin Herbert. Who? You were in line.
2: Hey, hold up. You were in line. It really are. <laughs> the games aren't that great.
1: There's <laughs> nothing, Jeremy. There's nothing. Chiefs Niners might be a good game. Might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: There you go. Chiefs Niners. Um, <laughs> but I mean, there's nothing <laughs> this, this really. Out. I almost feel like we should just jump to college. But Braden, then when you, Brandon, Brandon, look at this. I mean, we're gonna go the Dolphin. Oh no, Tua may be playing. I was gonna say the backup uh, quarterback for the Dolphins versus versus uh, not, the even the back- not even Trubisky. the backup, because Teddy Ballgame or Teddy Two Gloves got hurt. Yeah, well, is supposed to be back this week. So th- that'll make that a little bit interesting. But, yeah, no, th- and even Monday Night Football, the Bears-Patriots, man, there's not a whole lot – there's nothing really super spectacular if you don't already like and enjoy the team and if you're not already doing fantasy football, which I'm sure everybody is. But, like, as in, like, oh, can't miss games? Last week, two big ones, the Eagles and Cowboys, the Chiefs and Bills. This week, nothing, not a zero. Jeremy, college football's the same. Have you looked at all the college right. football schedule? Hold on, hold on. I'm switching over right now. I've not looked at either one of these till right this second. Yeah, college was, football, uh, college football. And Jeremy, it's it's right. a bad Let's week. Look. Good thing I got to work this weekend. <laughs> Seriously, yep. I do. Let's see. Thursday, nothing really. Virginia Tech, Virginia, Georgia Tech. That's 7:30 on Thursday. Virginia's terrible. Georgia Tech is also bad. Yeah, but you know you can do that on off nights on Thursdays and Fridays. You can put some Virginia teams up is there. the worst team in the ACC. That is saying something. Oh no, Brandon! Ohio State gets to go against the ninth best defense in the country against <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> and by the way, we don't talk about
1: this enough. We're talking about Jeremy Brian Ferentz. You know who Brian Ferentz is?
2: Uh, the son of Kirk. Do you know what he does for a living? Uh, uh, he must play, I don't know, maybe he's a really good gambler. He has a lot of d- uh, dirt on somebody because he definitely doesn't coach offense. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. He's the offensive coordinator for the Iowa Hawkeyes. The worst offensive coordinator in the... He's worse than Jeff Mullen. And I'm Brandon, not is kidding. He, is he the worst... Is he, is he a worse coach's son than Saul Smith was to Tubby? Oh, that's... that's which one, who, but Saul which Smith... <laughs> <laughs> Saul Smith played starting uh, point guard. Oh, stop. It wasn't like he was a, a <laughs> forward coming in <laughs> starting point guard at Kentucky. Tell me that was a gift wrap for the coaches. Yeah, son. that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad.
1: But Brian, yeah, Fair, both he, are,
2: they need to, they need to ahead. can Kirk and
1: Brian at the same time, sit them in a pink room, make them think about their actions because this makes no sense. Jeremy, any other coach, Would have fired Brian Ferentz by now. It's so obvious, so transparent why he's not been fired. But who cares? Nobody cares about Iowa. Nobody cares about that game. And and Uh, tell them
2: why you said the pink room for those it didn't land with. Iowa
1: Iowa paints the – they painted their visitor's locker room pink. And they do it for a psychological reason, which technically there is a psychological reason. It does – Pink does calm you down. Psychologically, it is known to calm people, make them more docile, which you do want the opposing team to be if you're going to be playing them. But people, of course, called it sexist, made a big thing, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Um, so that's why I said sit them in the pink room. You know, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I just, I just get that reference out there. Normally, if you have number five versus number 14, you'd be excited. But it's DJ Uyangalele. Yes, I said his name correctly because he's earned it. I was wrong about him. Very wrong. He dropped twenty pounds, and he's significantly better than he was last year. So much better. He's got Clemson legitimately at number five. They're playing Syracuse, who's now, uh, I believe, six and zero for the first time since nineteen eighty something. Maybe
2: I don't care about that game at all. At all. Two orange. I, t- I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I hate to, I hate to, I hate beat uh, a dead horse, but I just, I just, I just saw. Um, the spread for Ohio State, Iowa is uh minus twenty-nine OSU. Do they do the how do they even get to twenty-nine points when they're playing the number nine ranked defense in the country? I don't understand <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it, Brady. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Syracuse and Clemson continue on. All I'm saying is I don't care about that game. You would think you would care about that game, you know, I don't care about that game. And then further yeah, than you that you don't care. Brandon, Brandon, you don't care. I kind of care. And by the way, I know we're supposed to hate Syracuse. So I'm not gonna say I like them. But them being good is good for college football. Um, and it feels a little old school that they are good. They're doing it the right way. Dino Babers is doing it the right way. Good is good for college football. I think it helps. Bringing the northeast. I think it helps. It doesn't back when Mc, Brandon, back when McNabb was was big time, and they were recruiting Michael Vick to come there, Syracuse being good helped bring in that that portion of fan base to college football. Uh, Who else is going to do it? There's nobody else. What even you know, Maryland, UConn, Rutgers? There's, there's nobody else from the Northeast. There's nobody else. The only team that possibly can is Syracuse. Yeah, whatever. Um, and, okay. And I actually am very interested in this game.
1: Good for you. I'm not at all, but good for you. The game, the, I'm only interested. Now, the other game that you would think you hear number nine versus number 10, you think you'd be interested. Again, UCLA
2: versus Oregon. Are you interested in that matchup? I am, actually. I am just because it it, it holds. I mean, it's nine versus 10. But, like, the pack. I was judge who can make the college football playoff. And right now, they're positioning the pack, uh 12 to win and you're in. Essentially, there's yeah, only one team that can make it from the Pac-12. So, Brandon, there's more than one team. Oregon is nope. sitting at number. Oregon's sitting at number ten. They're yeah with and a, one with a destructive loss to Jordan. If they went Brandon, out, they're we not are, getting in. Brandon, Brandon, we're in week we're in week eight. Like somebody said, we're headed to 2007 again. That's where what's going to happen. Everybody's going to have two lost teams are going to have may have a chance. Everybody's losing. Um, People, like, okay, uh, the Big Ten I, is Jeremy, getting one in for sure. The, the SEC is getting two in. Clemson, Jeremy, if they hold serve, that's the fourth. Who's beating, who's beating if, Michigan or Ohio State? That's what I'm saying. One. The nope, Big Ten is getting one in. They are getting. They might get two in, Jeremy. Yeah, I don't think so. Neither one of their uh, strength schedules is going to be that good. Now, if it's Ohio State, maybe, but I, I really doubt both are getting What about ones. the Pac-12 strength schedule? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but I'm saying for the winner. The winner of the, of the conference. Conference winner. I, I don't think the winner I think the winner of the conference gets left out again. Unless now, they're undefeated. I, if, unless they're undefeated. If if Clemson slips up, because the Big Ten's getting one in, the SEC is getting one, probably two in. That's three or four Clemson's spots. Clemson's played. Clemson's played everybody that can beat them already. So so that's what I'm saying. If Clemson holds serve, that's the fourth. If Clemson slips up, that opens it up for the Pac-12. That's the reason why this game is important because they're right there on the edge. I, I don't number nine versus Tennessee,
1: number 10. Jeremy, because Tennessee's so good, you got Tennessee, Bama,
2: Georgia. If Brandon, it goes away, I said, away two. Everybody- I said they're, they're getting two in. I said that. Okay. I already, I, All I, right. I've given the SEC two. SEC gets two, big 10-1, and Clemson brings in the ACC. That's the four spots. If, if Clemson slips up, pac twelve is going to be sitting at sitting there knocking at the door. So you're writing out, you're writing off TCU undefeated TCU. Now I'm going to say TCU is right there too. But what I'm saying is, we're in week eight. There is so much football to go. Like I just said, this is headed for 2007, where there's going to be multiple losses for some teams. Because I said this to might you, be you this. This might be the first year a two loss team gets into the college football playoff. I'm just saying. Nah, nah, I, nah, that's I, I, nah,
1: that's too far. Nah, that's too far. I don't see it. Like I sent you, I sent you the, uh, the, the 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 rankings. The uh, yeah, you know, like basically who should be ranked where, most deserving rankings. Right now, the top four are Tennessee, Ohio State, TCU, and Alabama. That's ahead of Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, UCLA, Syracuse, Ole Miss. Behind them,
2: all undefeated. So, so what, what are you talking about? You- you're talking about a made up poll that has no impact on what's actually going to happen. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, what are you doing right now? Uh, I hear you. And by the way, I like to think that, Hey, this is where they should be. If, if rankings were at, would be as they should, or, or as they should, uh, that's not how it works. Brandon, <laughs> those polls are just to get uh fan bases riled up or to give you a chip on your shoulder or whatever you want. I like seeing them. But in the whole scheme of things, it has nothing to do with the college football playoff. I want to so, see Bama. I want to see if Bama bounces back. Saban said they were nervous going into Tennessee.
1: They weren't chanting like they normally do before the game. I want to know what that's about, and I want to see if they bounce back. Mississippi State's a good bounce back. Are game they even? For hold
2: up! Hold up! Hold up! Oh, okay, Mississippi State. I just scrolled down, saw it. Mississippi State versus Bama. Okay, so that's a good bounce back for them. And then I want to. And Mississippi Mississippi State is a tough team. I mean, like what I mean tough team is I'm I'm saying they'll hit you in the mouth. They have no business beating Alabama. Physical team. They're a physical team. But go ahead. Yeah, well, that's the reason why Bama's 21 point favorites. But go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say they have no business beating Alabama. But then the last game, eight o'clock
1: on Saturday night, the battle of the purple, Kansas State versus TCU. Undefeated TCU versus one lost Kansas State. Adrian Martinez has not thrown an interception yet, and I saw somebody say, yeah, because he's a running back. Deuce Vaughn and company take on that prolific offense from, from the Horned Frogs, Sonny Dykes. I want to see who wins. I honestly don't know who does. If I had to guess right now, I'm going with TCU, going with the Frogs.
2: Yeah, I'll go there, too. Um, there's another big one that you missed in the Big 12, uh, which is Texas-Oklahoma State. Oh, yeah, 11, I meant to ask 20. about that. And and Texas is a six and a half point favorite. The respect and coming in win. on Texas. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, you know what? I'll go Texas. I think I think Texas is just they're they're, they're on one right now. They're on right. They're, they're on their hot streak. They're getting hot at the right time. Is this they, who they truly they, you are? Say that, you I'm, say that, but they almost lost to Iowa State.
1: They should have lost to Iowa State. A very controversial call could have been two things happened on the same play that both went Texas's way. Could have been targeting call. Could have been a, a call that he was down and not Deckers didn't fumble. Both went Texas's way. Another thing happened, the best receiver, arguably the best receiver in the Big 12, uh, Xavier, whatever his last name is, from uh from Iowa State, dropped a wide open touchdown pass in the fourth quarter with like two minutes to go. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Yeah, Jeremy, Iowa State should have beaten Texas. I know she would have should have. All I'm saying is that Texas just they weren't. I don't know if they just looked past him. I don't know if it was a letdown game. I don't know what it was, but Iowa State had him. So I don't know, but I think Texas is better than Oklahoma State. So
2: that's why I think they'll win. Oh, that's a big one. Um, By the way, let's not, let's not, I mean, I know, I know, I know this is not super huge, but Texas State is at three and four. They've won some games. Spavadol, Jake Spavadol, old offensive coordinator, is actually, it feels like for the first year, they're three and four, um, and they're playing Southern Miss. They're underdogs. But I actually see them winning games this year. I was going to say move in the right direction. But yeah, the other years they weren't winning no games. So I always kind of keep an eye, slight, slight eye, to see what Spav is doing down there with Texas State. Um, yeah, it's, the it, other it's game, interesting.
1: I did not realize how many people don't from Mountaineer
2: Nation don't like Jake Spavadol,
1: but there's a lot of them.
2: Yeah, Brandon, and I don't understand why all he did was average like forty-two points a game when he was here. Well, at there are West people Virginia. who blame him, blame him for the Oklahoma State game in two thousand eighteen. When collapse. your offense averages forty-two points a game, like like I think we just got spoiled with what they could do and the numbers they put up. Well, we argue the reason that why dur- they, we we argued that during his tenure. Yeah, yeah, because if you looked, we had the exact opposite problem. We had no defense. Well, actually, I guess it was the same problem. Great offense, no defense. You know, those years under SPAV. They were putting up video game numbers. The one thing uh, video game numbers will not happen with, or shouldn't happen with, is most of the time I don't care, but the number 16 team in the country, Penn State, is playing the number one defense in the country. (laughs) Minnesota. (laughs) Sean Clifford, son <laughs> Sean Clifford to the rest. This is never going to get old. This is never going to get old. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Penn State, like the number <laughs> one defense in the country. You should circle that. We'll, we'll really see where people stand after this game. But, uh, yeah, that's it, man. That's all, that I, that's all I have. That's all I got. So, shout to us, the Raspy Voice kids, for making it through another week.
1: Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Please like, listen, rate, and review and subscribe. Holler at your boys. Love us because we love you.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.